USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise, and thank you to all the special people out there who listen every Sunday morning. I constantly run into people, and I'm going to mention one of them. Uh, recently, I just met somebody for the first time, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. And he is a regular radio listener. So, we're going to start out with a quick quotation this morning, even before I perform introductions. And this is a quick history lesson, I guess, if you will. This is a quotation from Winston Churchill. And he said, when he was alive, Russia is a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. And I happened to be looking at some Winston Churchill quotations recently, and I came across that, and I thought, boy, some things just don't change, do they? So, first of all, a welcome and good morning to Pete Lance. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And Pete is a, an employee of USA Wealth Group, and he does financial services and lots of different kinds of things here. And good morning to attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. So let's see. You gentlemen are both dog owners. We should have some dog quotations. I think we have some dog quotations in here, Brianna, that you might get for me. I printed a whole bunch of those at one time. So how's your, like a dog. How's, how's your dog right now? Is your dog well-mannered and follows instructions, Pete? Not even close, but she's better. She Thanks. is the most challenging dog I've had, that's for sure, and I've had many. But she's getting better. I think she is sweet, just uh, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really know how to act and behave, so she's going through some professional training. And has she destroyed any of your personal property? Many things, including a very lovely backpack that I had and yeah she's she's uh keeps me on my toes very mm. much so and Mike you have a dog also and, and well first of all let me ask Peter what's your dog's name Stella okay I have never named any of my dogs okay. my wife has always been the person to say if you want to get a dog I get to name the dog Oh, and did she name the dog? She named the dog, and I did not like the dog. Or the dog's original name, because she came up from Texas, was Tilly. Tilly. And I think I might like that more than Stella, but, you know, it's been three months, so. Maybe she should have been called Tear It Up. Yeah, well, it's interesting, because sometimes when I'm going out on a trail to do either hiking or jogging on a DNRT trail, She's usually pretty good about staying with me, but once in a while, somebody else or another dog will excite her, and she'll go racing over, and then I'm yelling Stella at the top of my lungs and sounding like Streetcar Named Desire. <laughs> Stella! And, Mike, you have a dog also, and your dog's name is... Logan. Logan. Yep. And uh, where did the name Logan come from? Yeah, that came from Boston, the Logan Airport up in Boston. Oh, okay. Yep. yep. Where did Stella come from? Texas. Oh, I mean the name. Oh, um... I honestly don't even know. We had all kinds of different possibilities, and I liked almost all of them more than Stella because, mm. again, anytime I hear Stella, all I can think of is Streetcar Named Desire. And, uh, Wasn't but that's, that Rocky, too? Or no? No. That was, uh, no. That was Adrian. Mar Marlon Brando. Adrian. Oh. <laughs> Marlon Brando was in a Streetcar right. Named Desire. Yeah. So, no, that was probably my least favorite name of the ones that we had on the short list, and my wife and daughter overruled and... That's what they usually do. So that's an interesting name that you have uh, for Logan, uh, mm -hmm. Mike. It's a good thing you didn't think of her name when you were driving down the turnpike. You'd be calling her Turnpike, maybe. <laughs> or TF Green. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, let's talk about something really serious. But gentlemen, it's always a pleasure to have you both here. I might even give you a few dog quotations today. Uh, I, I keep forgetting that Logan is, is named after Logan Airport. Yeah. Where did Logan originally come from? From Missouri. Missouri. St. Louis, yeah. She flew into Logan. <laughs> okay. Today we're going to be talking about something that's very important in everybody's life, and that is taxes. And specifically, we want to talk about 
how can you be more tax-wise about your retirement income? Because if you have a pension, you have to think about that how that interacts with Social Security. If you have a certain level of income, you have to wonder whether or not um, your Social Security is going to be subject to taxation. It depends, perhaps, on how much money you're going to make. And we talk about taxes, obviously, all the time. It's a huge part of what our, um, you know, our office does in terms of helping people. But we're not just talking about, you know, the micro um, w- with regards to taxes. We're talking about the macro also. We do both. Uh, the micro is, of course, you know, you're figuring out how you can save money on and, and have uh, tax benefits for this year, this calendar year, and maybe you make an extra contribution to your IRA. Um, but we're talking specifically and, and more so today on taxes in the long term and, the, and how they play out with your complete financial plan. Well, you know, we used to think that maybe being concerned about taxes was something that was mostly important for wealthy people, but that's not necessarily the case. A lot of people should be concerned that income tax rates are expected to go up. Uh, it's actually built into the uh 2017 Tax Act right now that taxes will go up fairly shortly in the next couple of years. I think it's next year. And anytime we do a seminar that has anything to do with taxes, you always ask the audience, you know, in the future, do you expect taxes to go up uh, or stay um, the same? You know, raise your hand or do you expect them to go down? If so, raise your hand or do you expect them to go up? Raise your hand and you always save that for last. And you know, 90% of the audience always puts their hands up when you say, do you expect them to go up? Taxes will go up. We have a really large um, multi-trillion dollar deficit right now. It has to be funded some ways. We have aging infrastructure in the country that needs to get fixed. And I think everybody knows about that. But thinking about our country's spending and the fact that we increase, uh, increasingly go to further debt, um, the fear of taxes going up is really very much well-founded. But a lot of people think that their own personal income tax bracket will be lower once they retire. That's not necessarily going to be the case. And you might think that your tax rates are going to go down once you stop working. Uh, Maybe you're right, but then again, what if you're wrong? It can be a very unexpected surprise to find out that the amount of your income that you have left after taxes is less than what you anticipated. So the bottom line is you really do need to think about taxes. And not everybody can be an expert on taxes, but there are some pointers that we're going to give you today that will be helpful to you. And basically, you know, we look to see what we can do to reduce our risks, maybe with investments and so forth. But You can mitigate risks for investments by simply diversifying things or being careful what you're investing in. But you really need to think now about how you can have a tax-wise retirement income strategy as well. So we're going to give you some principles about that today. Um, I will give you one further quotation from Winston Churchill because I think it's applicable since you gentlemen both own dogs. He said, I'm fond of pigs. Dogs look up to us. Cats look down on us. Pigs treat us as equals. What do you think? I'm wondering what kind of experience he had with pigs to have that uh, enter his brain. I'm not really sure. I've never really been close enough to pigs to think that they were my equal or at least have them think that we were (laughs) their equal. But they're very intelligent. They are very intelligent, but I don't know how many people actually know that. And, you know, when you think of a pig, you feel like you're looking in a mirror. It was a different world back then, I guess. (laughs) Well, I don't, Pete. I don't know about you, but I certainly don't. So let's let's go back to the question that you were bringing up just a few minutes ago, Pete. Do you believe that your income tax rates are going to be higher or lower in the future? Higher and then higher again. What do you think, Mike? And then higher again. They have to go down at some point, right? Not necessarily. (laughs) That hasn't been the history. That's too bad. Um. I have an article that I'm going to show you in a couple of minutes to talk about where even though we think we pay a lot of taxes in this country, we really don't. There's a lot of countries that pay much, much more money in taxes. And there's a lot that pay less. Uh, not so much. When you're talking about you know, taxes in the modern world and uh, well-off societies and so forth, I mean, we're one of the richest countries in the world. But I'll try to find that article. I think I actually flagged it. 
One yeah, of the things. Here it is. Let me, let me just do that for one second, Pete. The U.S. tax rates are actually relatively low. Um, the United States tax rate uh, is um, 16% on average of somebody's income. So keep that figure in mind 16%. Denmark is 31%. Germany is 30%. Italy is 26%. Australia, 24%. Britain, United Kingdom, 22%. Japan, 21%. Canada is 18%. And then you've got the United States averaging 16%. Well, that's, that's a pretty amazing set of numbers. I'd probably rather pay 18% and have free health care like they do in Canada. Well, that's the trade-off that people forget about sometimes. Um, but in any event, we, we can dispute that and argue that all day long. So my personal feeling is I think tax rates are going to be higher. It's already built into uh, statutory uh, tax laws that were passed uh, in the past. And do you think that your own personal tax bracket will be higher or lower after you retire? And do you know that under current tax law, under current law, up to 85% of your Social Security benefits could be subjected to income tax? And I'm not sure a lot of people know that. Or a lot of people don't even realize that it's 85% and it's not 100%. Um, so in any event, um, retirees who have higher income uh, in general could be forced to pay more for their Medicare Part D prescription drug coverage. A lot of people don't realize that. Well, we have a lot more to go over, of course. We're only at the tail end of our first segment, but um, we are going to take a quick break and then we'll get back into it. Um, we really started the first half of the segment talking about dogs and Winston Churchill, so we're going to get more into the meat of this in just a moment. And we will see you in just a few minutes. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508 998 8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508-998-8858. And now, back to MoneyWise with the Money Guys. Welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're talking about taxes and specifically we're talking about taxes in particular as they might impact you in retirement. I wonder how many people, Pete, know that if you have a 401k, you can roll that over into a traditional IRA tax-free. We usually suggest that once you're retired or close to retirement, you may want to think about taking your 401k and roll it over. You can do it even before you retire if you're over the age of 59 and a half in most cases. All right, you can do a rollover once a year. Um, I think most people do know that it's a tax-free event, but some people are surprised when we tell them that their 401k can be rolled over to uh, an IRA without any taxable event happening. Uh, they still will receive a 1099, um, but they don't have to actually pay anything on that. It's just a notice that they have to receive from the transferring company. Um, uh, one thing that I think that relates to that that most people do not know is that if you have several 401ks from previous jobs, you can roll them all over into one IRA to simplify things and make a larger IRA out of all the smaller ones. So here's a question to stump you, gentlemen. At what age does Uncle Sam start charging a 50% penalty if you don't take more than the minimum amount that you're required to take out of your 401k or your IRA? 72. Oh, good for you. Good for you. But that's actually something that most people don't know either. If you don't take your required minimum distribution, or RMD, uh, it used to be 70 and a half, it's now 72. Mm -hmm. It's a 50% penalty, which is huge, and most people aren't aware of that. A lot of people um, don't do it intentionally, they just forget it, and it's, it's a massive penalty if you don't. One thing um, that's important to understand also that we tell people is if you have several IRAs or 401ks and you must start taking distributions, um, say your total RMD is three thousand mm -hmm. dollars amongst all the accounts. Okay. You can take it out of just one account. You can aggregate them, right? Yeah, and take it from one. 
So that's a good thing to know. But yeah, you may take money from your IRA once you're 59 and a half. That particular rule has not changed. So don't take money out before you're 59 and a half. There are a few exceptions to that rule. Yeah, we like had for a college and medical rules. We won't go into that today. First time home buyer up to a certain amount. You know, there are certain uh, circumstances where you don't pay that penalty. But generally, you don't want to touch it until you're 59 and a half because then you'll pay a 10% penalty if you take out money prematurely. Yep. And sometimes people will do that. And as Peter said, you don't have to take out your minimum distributions now until you're 72. But what if you retire earlier and now you have the question of, which should I take my money from? I need to have money in reti- retirement. Should I take money from Social Security or should I take money out of my IRA account? I just had the same question come up yesterday. And I said, you know what? We need to do some further, deeper analysis for you. You know, you don't necessarily want to take money out of your Social Security account. We need to analyze it and figure out, are you better off if you take money out of your IRA first and let Social Security build up to a later age because it will be a larger amount for you. And of course, we recently did a, a show on Social Security as well. Right, it's a guaranteed 8% per year if you delay your Social Security benefits. So in most cases, we will recommend that you take out um, money from another account if you have that available to you because not many things are going, going to be guaranteed to earn 8% a year um, like there is with Social Security delays. Um, So here's the last question I'd like to just pose. A lot of people don't realize that sometimes if you have a married couple and one spouse dies, the surviving spouse may actually find that their tax rates are going to go up after the death of their spouse uh, simply because they can no longer take advantage of lower rates that are granted to married couples who file a joint tax return. So there's lots and lots of things you need to look at when you're trying to decide which account should you take money from for retirement income? And, you know, we're here to help you. Give us a call, by the way, at 508-998-8858. Uh, give Mike a call at 508-998-8800. We're here to help. Our goal is to simply help you protect your family and help you protect your money and not pay as much in taxes as you should have to. And we know an enormous amount about um, taxes and tax planning, but we are not uh, tax attorneys. We're not CPAs. And in some, you know, tricky situations, we will recommend that somebody see a CPA in coordination with plans that we are um, recommending. Okay. So we want to basically show you that taxes, if you don't pay attention, can lead to some very unpleasant surprises, especially after retirement. And there are many things you can do to become more tax diversified. If you're getting closer to retirement, um, most people today will have a lot of their money in retirement savings like IRAs and 401ks or some other form of a tax deferred retirement plan. So it's not unusual for us to see a client who has done a wonderful job of accumulating money for retirement and they'll have a very significant 401k or retirement account. Yeah, maybe they have a half a million dollar 401k, um, but a lot of them don't realize or recognize that a huge amount of that um, is owed to Uncle Sam. So that's where we come in and we, you know, sometimes have some creative tax strategies. And again, some of the more tricky cases, we will involve a CPA. And by the way, one of the things that we have in the office, and we're happy to provide a copy if somebody uh, calls and makes arrangements, we have a wonderful new brochure. We subscribe to a lot of different tax services. It's called The Guide to Taxes and Your Retirement. Um, We just received the latest version of this. It's a really nice, hard, you know, uh, semi-gloss, very very, uh, light uh, gloss, six-page heavy cardstock um, that goes into a lot of great detail. Um, You know, what you should know about your pre-retirement which age is, of, is that? 40s and 50s, your early retirement, early 60s. Um, and it goes into you know what you should be doing during all these different phases. Middle retirement years, which are your mid-60s through 72 for most people, when you start your IRA, RMDs, and then later years in retirement after age 72. All kinds of different information, dates that you must, that you must need to know, um, you know, as well as a lot of just tips and uh, it's very useful. We give this to people who come in and meet with us if they would like. 
um, but only if you uh, come in and, and meet with us. And by the way, we're talking primarily about income taxes because uh, a lot of people don't realize that if you have a very significant retirement account, let's say you had a million dollar 401k account, not everybody does obviously, you could end up leaving as much as one hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars of that in taxes if you don't plan it correctly. Yeah, and you know, most people, the American dream is to have their home mortgage paid off by the time they retire, so they they won't have a lot of debt, you know, hanging over their heads once the normal paychecks stop. Uh, but a lot of people really need to understand that the mortgage might not be and might very well likely not be your biggest debt, and instead that biggest debt is actually what you owe uh, for taxes that you're forced to pay as you're forced to take the withdrawals once you do reach that 72 um, magic age. And the really scary thing about that is that, again, Uncle Sam can raise that rate. And all I have to say is we're going to increase your tax rate, and then you're, you, know, owed, yeah, you're, you have to owe Uncle Sam even more. So, yep. so my, my quick response on that is sometimes I'll have people say, gee, it's not fair. I have to pay all this tax money on my IRA or my retirement account. But remember one thing. You got a tax deduction typically when you put that money into your retirement account, and it's allowed. It's been allowed to accumulate for you, uh, tax deferred all these years that you've had it, and you haven't had to pay any taxes on the earnings. So now, when you want to take the money out, the government wants to get paid back and gets to tax you on it. Mike, let me ask you a quick question about estate taxes. Although we're talking primarily about income taxes today. Um, a lot of people don't realize that with the size of their estate and their assets, then they could actually have an estate tax they might owe in Massachusetts. Yeah, and before I go into that, I just wanted to mention one thing about the IRAs and 401ks. It's important to make sure you have beneficiaries named on all of these things. Good point. That's one of the things that we always look at with clients when they come in. So you should have primary and then contingent beneficiaries named on everything. We're going through a situation right now where a woman passed away and she didn't have a beneficiary named on an IRA. So we had to do a probate just to open her estate. Then we had to deal with the financial company and all their paperwork associated with you know, getting an IRA distributed mm-hmm. to an estate. So that's a problem. So. so you might even have to probate the estate because they didn't have a proper beneficiary name. Right, right. So, so that's that's nuts. Check your beneficiaries, even if it's a small account. Make sure you have beneficiaries named on there. And if somebody has a question about that, they could meet with you and review it with right, you. Right, exactly. You could help them do that. Um, I'm going to mention one other very quick thing, and interrupting you for a moment. One of my favorite cases took place in New Jersey where there was – a gentleman who had a very large retirement account when he died it was about a million, million and a half dollars. And he had named his um, sister as the beneficiary. And then he got married. He never changed the beneficiary. When he died, the sister collected the money. His widow, his wife, his widow, filed a lawsuit, went all the way to the Supreme Court in that state. She said, of course he meant to name me, and they ruled no. He had a named beneficiary, which was his sister. She was entitled to the money. Mm -hmm. So it can be really serious. Yeah, that's one of the things we always do when people come in here. We check beneficiaries on all their IRAs, 401Ks, life insurance too. And you suggested that there should be not only a primary beneficiary but a secondary beneficiary. Right. A lot of times... Couples will open accounts when they're younger. They name spouses as beneficiaries first. Then they have kids, and they never, they never put the kids on there as, as next in line. So, And just to make sure that that's clear is what Mike just said, is that they are next in line. That doesn't mean yeah. that they are going to receive part of the uh, inheritance unless you name them as a primary beneficiary. Um, so when you say secondary beneficiaries, Dad, that's the, the term that we use professionally as contingent beneficiary, which means they are a backup. So if something happened to the first primary beneficiary, it would spill over to the contingent beneficiaries. So I'd like to pick up on that point again uh, very briefly, right after a short break we're going to take. I'd like to give you one more quotation from Winston Churchill. I'm very fond of him. You can always count on Americans to do the right thing after they've tried everything else. We'll be right back. This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance. 
Powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise and to uh, Ray Lance and Pete Lance and attorney Mike Coleman this morning are with you. So we're talking about taxes. Just before the break, we were talking about um, beneficiaries and naming secondary or contingent beneficiaries. So if you have an individual named as your primary beneficiary and you didn't have anybody else after that, Mm -hmm. have you ever seen a situation where somebody might name their trust as a secondary beneficiary? You can do that. Okay. Yeah. More times they do it with life insurance than retirement accounts. It's, it's better to have an individual as a beneficiary on a retirement account, I think. But with a, a trust, if you want the money from a life insurance policy to flow into a trust, you can name the trust as even a primary beneficiary, and then you name beneficiaries within the trust okay. to, to receive the money from the life insurance. Some of this material gets a little complicated once in a while, but um, we're talking very quickly, too, about the estate tax. Most people don't have to worry about the federal estate tax, do right. they? No, it's that's very high right now, almost $12 million. Yep. yep. And so unless you had an estate that large, you're never going to pay a federal estate tax. But watch out. Every once in a while, the uh, there are people in Washington who talk about lowering the amount of the exemption for the federal estate tax. What about Massachusetts, though? It is $1 million here in Massachusetts. There has have been some proposals to raise that to $2 million, mm-hmm. um, the exemption amount. That hasn't been passed yet, but right now it's $1 million per person in Massachusetts. So I just met with a woman literally two days ago and said, congratulations, you are now a new American millionaire. We looked at the value of the equity in her house, some life insurance, um, retirement accounts, and it was just over a million dollars, and she was shocked. So she would have a taxable estate, maybe. Yep. Yeah. That's actually one thing that is interesting and uh, an important thing to bring up, Dad, is there are often times that we meet with people, and when we calculate their entire um, estate, we tell them that they are over one million dollars, and most of them are surprised to hear that, and they say, no, no, my estate isn't worth a million dollars. And then we add it all up and show them, you know, in black and white, your estate's, you know, $1.2, $1.3 million. They're really surprised to see that. So let's let's ask Mike that question again. Mike, what's included in the values when you calculate what somebody is really worth for estate tax purposes? Well, it's pretty much everything that you can think of. It's real estate, it's life insurance, and it's the owner of the life insurance policy whose estate includes that amount. So, okay. you know, if the husband owns a life insurance and the wife is a beneficiary and the husband passes away, it's, it, it's included in the husband's estate. So, so one of the things you can do in that situation, too, is you could have the life insurance owned by a separate life insurance trust. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of reasons for doing that. One, to keep your total estate down. Uh, two, if you have it in a life insurance trust, uh, you're not allowed to be the trustee of that. Otherwise, it would be included in your estate. Mm-hmm. So you name somebody else to be the trustee, and then guess what? You don't own that policy anymore. You change the ownership to the name of the irrevocable life insurance trust, and that means also a creditor cannot get at it. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, so there are lots of reasons for how to do that. Mm-hmm. Let's jump back to uh, life insurance, um, excuse me, uh, income. Yeah, and before we minute. do that, I just wanted to clarify something. I talked about this guide to taxes in your retirement that is a really handy guide um, we have here in the office. And I said it's only available if you come in and see us. That doesn't mean that you have to become a client of ours. It simply means that you come in and have a free consultation with us. We don't charge for you to sit down and talk with us. Um, But these are really valuable guides. And if we handed one out to every person who called, we'd get rid of them fairly quickly. So it is for coming in and actually sitting with us for a consultation. But the main point ought to be that we really have a wealth of knowledge and experience in this office, and we're here to help you 
protect your family and protect your money and not have to pay as much in taxes as you might otherwise do. Going back off of the estate um, tax uh, topic that we were just on, the more concerned that you are about the potential for higher uh, tax rates and the impact of future taxes, the more you really need to understand you know, the possible benefits of tax diversification. If we had a simpler tax system in this country, there would probably be you know, little value to gain from any kind of tax diversification topic. Um, but unfortunately, our tax system in this country is extremely complicated and seems to get more so. And because of that, um, the potential benefits of tax diversification should not be ignored. And it's really especially important for anybody who's approaching retirement or you know, even in retirement, but not at that RMD stage yet. And that's something that we can help people with. Um, give a call to the office. We're happy to help you with planning out your retirement income. What are the best places to take money from first? How can you do it in a way that's going to cause the least amount of taxes for you? Should you work part-time? Um, what happens if you take Social Security, for example, before your full retirement age? So it used to be full retirement age for Social Security purposes was age 66. Now that's creeping up to age 67, and it is for some people. Depends on when you were born. And that will uh, increase. Uh, it's not a question of will it. It will. It's just when. Um, and because people are living longer, they're working longer, the Social Security um, pot of money that they have needs to grow, so they're going to absolutely extend the full retirement age for people. Yep, I think that will happen as a way to preserve Social Security. Otherwise, it's predicted to or projected to run out of money, I think, around 2034. We'll probably never see that actually happen in this country and don't want to panic anybody. But anyways, the maximum taxable portion of your Social Security is 85%. More than that will not be taxed. But if you can plan your income and so forth and how much you want to make, we'll be happy to do a Social Security analysis and help you with that. So a lot of people think that taxes are inevitable. You can't do very much to change it. Many people think that the main factor in determining the amount of taxes that you pay is tied directly to the amount of the income, that's not accurate. Instead, it's the source of your retirement income that could have a greater impact on your taxes. And the, the you know, there's an interesting way to look at that, which is if you look at your uh, tax return, there isn't just one single line on where you enter all your income. There's more than a dozen, I don't know how many exactly, but there's a ton of different lines on the 1040 a form where your income is entered, and you just talked about the base, uh, the uh, source of that income. So that's a whole bunch of different lines of the sources of that income. And you could have interest income, you could have rent income, you could have wages, you could have Social Security, you can have pension, you could have withdrawals from IRA accounts. There's all kinds of different ways that you receive money. Yep, exactly. And the reason for those different lines is because your income could be treated very differently for tax purposes depending on where it came from. So some sources like wages and distributions from your traditional IRAs or 401k or other retirement plans are most often 100% taxable. But say it's uh, coming from Social Security, the maximum taxable portion is 85%. Capital gains and dividend tax rates are less. Um, so it's, it's really quite different with all your different sources of income as to how they are taxed, and that's important to look at also. Yeah, and there are many, many rules. The um, Internal Revenue Code is larger than the Bible and has a lot more verses in it than the Bible does, for that matter. Um, the problem is that sometimes people think, well, if I have a question, I can call the IRS, right? No, they're not going to give you any advice. That's even if you could get through to someone. Well, we have about 350 million people in this country. Last year, the IRS had... 300 million inquiries, and they were able to answer about 7% of them. Yeah, and I read something recently, you know, within the last couple of months, where it's almost impossible to get through to the IRS anymore. Um, the, the amount, the percentage of people who actually get through to the IRS is so low, <laughs> and then they don't really get the answers that they need anyways. Well, I'll give you uh, an example of that. We've had a situation recently where 
we had received a notice on behalf of a client uh, from the Internal Revenue Service. It came in. Uh, we sent a routine letter back with the power of attorney that uh, came out of the law firm side of the business and asked for an explanation and clarification, no answer. So a month later, a certified mail letter was sent in, no answer. Two more months went by, so this is now a total of four months of trying to get an answer. And it was gonna have a potential financial impact on the client. And then a letter came in the mail saying, we just want to acknowledge that we did receive your inquiry, but we're gonna need at least another 60 days before we can get back to you. So that'll be a total of six months. In the meantime, the client is worrying about, are they gonna get stuck paying some big tax bill? Yeah, and the IRS is not to be messed with, and I've met with clients and other people who have gotten into trouble with the IRS, and it can be a major life-changing event for you, and not in a good way. And there was also a recent article um, in the Wall Street Journal, I won't mention the date, but it's actually within the last 30 days, and it said, how to get on top of the IRS bureaucracy. Six steps to conquer or avoid the tax collector's intimidating systems. And it talks about you know, when you have to file and how, you, how long you have to keep your records for, which is typically at least six years. And making tax payments and how do you do that. Checking refunds or amended tax returns. Generally, you'll have a faster response if you can file electronically. But getting a tax transcript um, it's very difficult. Dealing with an incorrect IRS notice because of the backlog, um, people are going back now several years waiting to hear from the IRS on certain things. If anybody wants a copy of this article, how to get on top of the IRS bureaucracy, give us a call at 508-998-8858. We'll be happy to send that to you. So, um, we're going to take another break, and when it comes to the IRS, I'm going to give you a quotation from Winston Churchill. Never, never, never give up. I guess that we're just having a Winston Churchill day. Well, we are. Nobody I'll, else. I'll give you some other ones with Ben Franklin. He's one of my favorites. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Call 508 508- 998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back to Money Wise, and we're talking about income taxes, and especially income taxes in retirement. I have another interesting, fairly recent article that says, also from the Wall Street Journal, good news, tax cheats. The IRS can't keep up. So I just want to be really clear, this is a disclaimer. We're not telling people to go out and don't cheat on your taxes. We're not telling people to um, you know, do something that's incorrect, but there's this funny article that basically says, if you were going to, now's the time, I guess. <laughs> the IRS cannot keep up. They're so be so far behind that they don't know what they're doing. But you will get caught. It might, just might take longer. <laughs> there's an interesting paragraph in another Wall Street Journal article here that we have, and it says, IRS management has little incentive to improve efficiency or service, since, since it can use taxpayer frustrations to demand more money from Congress, <laughs> which actually kind of makes sense. Well, so why get better if they can get more money yeah. if people are frustrated? That was actually on the editorial page of the Wall Street yeah. Journal. It's called Annals of IRS Dysfunction. And one of the interesting things in here is that they recently, uh, the IRS recently advertised for 5,000 open positions uh, to um, help them in tax season, and they only filled 200 out of 5,000 positions. And yeah, so the IRS is using this as an argument to get more money out of Congress as well, but it's a mess. I talked about this briefly at the beginning of the first segment, I believe it was, but you know, when we do meet with new clients, uh, a lot of the 
times we ask them what they think that their biggest expense in retirement will be. And most of the people say, you know, cost of housing or health care, that's a big one. Um, or maybe even in some things that they might enjoy, like traveling and fun things in retirement. Um, but after we, you know, create an income plan for them and really show them what they're, you know, going to be dealing with with regards to taxes in retirement, um, they're really surprised to find out that taxes might actually be the largest expense in retirement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I, I promised at the beginning of the show that I wanted to give a, a shout out to somebody that I recently met, and I, I want to do that because, you know, oftentimes when you go to a city hall or a town hall, you try to reach somebody by phone, um, you don't always get uh, a good response, and sometimes they become bureaucratic organizations. So I want to give a special shout out to somebody who I also found out listens to the show occasionally, and that's uh, Danny Romanowitz. He's the Commissioner of Buildings for the City of New Bedford. And I had not met him before, but I had the pleasure of meeting him recently. And we had some questions for our client. We wanted to talk about how was certain property zoned and what could you do on it. And I have to say that I I've, I've, haven't met anybody in a very, very long time who's been as uh, pleasant to deal with and informative and willing to spend time what are you trying to get past? And he didn't know. No, he didn't know me. <laughs> I'm he, just joking. He, he did not know me from a hole in the wall. We had not met before, and so we had a wonderful, engaging, informative conversation. And I just want to say thank you to the city of New Bedford. Thank you to the mayor for having such a wonderful person in the building department. And thank you to Danny if you're listening. Keep up the good work. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> Back to taxes. Uh, who wants to talk about taxes? Well, you well, enjoy taxes. I, well, I enjoy paying my fair share of taxes, but I don't ever plan to pay any more than I absolutely have to pay. So I said that wrong. You you don't enjoy paying taxes, but you enjoy talking about taxes and learning about tax changes, and you go every single year, uh, as far as I know. I don't think you've missed one other than you know, COVID times, um, to the Heckerling Tax Institute down, it's always in Florida, isn't it? Um, oh yeah, because it's the, isn't University it the University of Miami, yeah. Heckerling Tax Institute, it's called. It's actually the Heckerling Estate Planning and Tax Institute, or Estate Planning Institute, so but those much of, of it deals with taxes. Those of you listening at home, think about having a Monday through Friday from 8.30 until five, with just a short break for lunch, hearing nothing about taxes and all the newest and greatest in taxes. Does that sound like a fun week to most people? Well, it, it means that you don't want to do much at night after the session is over because you really don't. You're kind of dazed and mm. – isn't there a movie called Dazed and something? Dazed confused. and Confused. Dazed and Confused. But I'm also thinking that about true? a very old Simpsons episode. I haven't watched The Simpsons in 15 years where the kid raises his hand and says, can I be excused? My brain is full. <laughs> well, I want to give you a Winston quote, Winston Churchill, a Benjamin Franklin quotation. Speak ill of no man, but speak all the good you know of everybody. Hmm. And I hadn't read that before doing this quotation or this uh, introduction that I just did. Um, so let's talk about some other tax issues. You might have more ability to control your taxes than what you really realize. But you have to get some information. And if you have a tax question, if you have a question about your retirement income and which source of your retirement income perhaps should you tap into first, if you have not reached full retirement age, which is between 66 and 67 right now for Social Security purposes, what's the limit on how much money you can make? Because after full retirement age, you can make any amount of money that you want and not lose any of your Social Security benefits, you will st still pay taxes on the Social Security, but, um, but not more than 85%. Yeah, and that's important to know also. We've talked about that on previous shows, of course, and um, we did a Social Security-specific show where we talked about that in great detail. But um, that's very important. You have to understand how taxes are going to impact you, especially with your Social Security benefits, if you decide to go back to work once you've already started collecting Social Security, but you're not actually full retirement age yet. So uh, talk to us about that as well. And just as a reminder, 
almost all of our previous shows are on the um, website and other locations, um, Apple, Spotify, whatever, wherever you can find a podcast, basically. You can listen to all of our um, past shows, including our Social Security show. Let me describe something which uh, we're going to call the tax and spend trap. Uh, sometimes when a person who's retired finds themselves moving up to a higher tax bracket, it sets in motion a vicious uh, cycle. And as the tax rates increase, you find that you have less spendable income. So then you say, well, I'll just take some more money out of my 401k or my IRA account. And what does that do? It creates more taxable income. So you're going to pay more taxes on it. So the more you take out of your retirement account, uh, the more increase you may have in taxable income, which can lead to higher taxes, could put you potentially even into a higher tax bracket. One thing that confuses clients sometimes also is if you're receiving dividends, but they're automatically reinvested, uh, you still have to pay taxes on those dividends every year. A lot of people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking, well, if it's reinvested, why do I have to pay taxes? Well, because it's you know, something that you earn, basically, so you have to pay taxes. And one other thing that I would uh, quickly point out, and we've talked about this before in the show, sometimes you're better off if you take money for retirement purposes out of your retirement account, your IRA, and defer Social Security until a later age, because you're going to get more money on your Social Security, and uh, it can work out better for you. It's not always a hard and fast rule. It has to be analyzed. Yeah, and we talked about that. Uh, briefly in the first segment as well, right. but it's a guaranteed 8% per year to defer your Social Security. Um, most people, we had that very clear st statistic, I think it's like 65% of people start collecting at age 62 instead of waiting until even full retirement age, never mind age 70. And again, some people really need to, but some people just think, well, it's free money, let's get it. But it's really doing yourself a disservice if you do have other means to not delay your Social Security. Uh, I can go into detail and, and, and look at some software that we have here. Uh, it's an odd name, it's called Horse's Mouth, but I do calculations um, all the time for people. And uh, one of the most important questions that I ask is not always an easy question to ask or for the client to answer, but that's, you know, how's your longevity? Um, you know, how's your health? Are you, you know, doing really poorly and have had heart issues, maybe you do start taking it at 62 and don't delay. Did your you know, mom die at age 50 of a heart attack? Maybe that's something that has to be taken into consideration for your longevity. Mm -hmm. So those are all um, important questions that we need to ask. But I can do that Social Security um, planning uh, for anyone who comes in as well. So let's talk about some of the other uh, things you could potentially do to con have more control over your retirement income. You can uh, do what's called tax diversification. Uh, you can look at the investments that you're in. Um, if you want to have something that's accumulating, if you're in a regular mutual fund account, for example, um, and you have dividends, um, I'm, I'm looking at my outline on page seven, Pete. Okay. Um, then dividends are going to be taxable as you receive them each year. If you have something that's tax deferred that you're invested in, then you're not going to pay uh, taxes on the tax deferred investment right now. So you might have more flexibility than you think with your retirement income, depending upon how you stage things. And there's things that you can simply postpone. As I said, you can postpone taking a distribution from your IRA or 401k until you reach age 72. Um, so there are a lot of different strategies. It gets to be confusing. You can't make all these decisions yourself. Um, pick up the phone and give us a call at 508-998-8858. We will review your income. We will review your expenses. We'll do a budget for you, help you do a budget. Roth IRA conversions have been a huge hot topic for at least a year now. Um, it's definitely not for everyone, but in some situations it might very much benefit you. It really depends on um, your tax situation and your tax bracket now versus what it will be um, at least expected to be in, in retirement. So make the time to do some planning because if you don't do the planning, then you're not going to make making the right decisions. Benjamin Franklin once said, take time for all things. Great haste makes great waste. 
Did you ever hear that expression before? Haste makes waste? Yes. That's from Ben Franklin. Did you know that? I did not. Amazing, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, he had a lot of great things to say. He was a really remarkable man. Um, he also said, Benjamin Franklin, God helps those who help themselves. Did you ever hear that expression before? Uh, not as Mike, it you've pertains heard that to before. God. I think but... I have, yeah. 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 So that also came from Ben Franklin. So mm-hmm. you need to help yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, by getting some proper advice. Mm-hmm. So do remember that we cannot be an expert at everything. I like to think that I'm fairly knowledgeable in the area of uh, income taxes and taxation and tax planning in general. I would never call myself an expert. I would leave that to other people. But we cannot be an expert in everything we do. Perhaps you're an expert in the things that you did well in your own job. Give us a call. Let us help you. Let us help you protect your family and protect your money and protect your retirement income. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. You're welcome. Have a great Sunday, everyone. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. USA Wealth Group, Inc. has a strategic partnership with tax professionals and attorneys who can provide legal advice. Lance Law, Inc. is not affiliated with USA Wealth Group, Inc. or AE Wealth Management. Firm offers insurance services. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and USA Wealth Group, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. USA Wealth Group Inc. is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by USA Wealth Group, Inc. A Roth conversion is a taxable event and may have several tax-related consequences. Be sure to consult with a qualified tax advisor before making any decisions regarding your IRA. This radio show is a paid placement.